Watermaster Studio presents Brushing Up, a miniature painting and tabletop gaming podcast. Welcome to Brushing Up, the miniature painting and tabletop gaming podcast. I'm your host, Dan the Quartermaster, and welcome to our third episode. Fantastic, isn't it? But before I launch into it, I do have a special thanks to shout out to uh, a good friend of mine, Miss Maiden, who helped me record that new intro for my show. It sounds fantastic. And if you like what you've heard, you can tune into her own uh, radio program on Radio Northern Beaches in Sydney. Uh, if you are a Sydney local, a Sydney cider, like I used to be, uh, you can tune in through FM frequencies 88.7 and 90.3 FM. Or for the rest of us who do live a bit further afield, uh, you can stream the show uh, through the Radio Northern Beaches website, which is rmb.org.au. The show is called The Clash, and uh, her and Mike, the other host, uh, get up to all sorts of shenanigans. It's lots of fun, definitely worth tuning into. But back here at Brushing Up, what is this show all about? It is a miniature painting and tabletop gaming podcast, yes, but what does that mean? It means that I get to chat to all sorts of people who are within this great hobby of ours uh, about their experiences in it. I talk to community leaders, people who volunteer their time and efforts to organize clubs, tournaments, and other events. And on our first episode, I got to have a chat with James and Ewan, two of the uh, governors from the Dragon Ball League, the Blood Bowl League that operates in London every year. Uh, if you missed that, tune into our first episode through your streaming service. It's definitely worth a listen to, uh, particularly if you are interested in the game of Blood Bowl or starting up your own league. Uh, the other group of people I've, I talked to on the show are industry professionals, people like myself who have made a career in the hobby, uh, be they commissioned painters like myself, or miniature designers, manufacturers of gaming accessories, or paints, brushes, all that sort of kit, uh, as well as independent gaming store owners and operators. Uh, but on my second episode, I got to have a chat with George from Modelbox about his hobby subscription service, and it just sounds fantastic. So definitely, if you missed that episode, uh, you can tune into it through your streaming service as well. That was on the second episode there. Now, the other group of people, and this is the first time I'm having a chat to people of this ilk on the show, are content creators. So people who create content, be it on uh, platforms like YouTube or podcasts like this, that also uh, explore this great hobby of ours. And you got an extra special treat this uh, episode because uh, a couple of weeks ago, I caught up with Graham and Graham, two of the co-producers from Chaos Rising, a Warhammer Fantasy Battles fan film. Now, they've just released a production video slash trailer for it. Um, I have word from them that they're going to be releasing more content uh, as they continue the production, so it's definitely worth checking out. Um, I've popped a link into the episode description for that trailer and production video, uh, so if you haven't had a chance to watch it, uh, pause this podcast, jump over to YouTube, have a watch of it. It looks absolutely mind-blowing. It looks really good. Um, and I caught up with them, as I said, to have a chat with them about Chaos Rising and the production. So here they are. Without further ado, Graham and Graham from Chaos Rising. So I'm joined remotely in the studio by Graham M and Graham C from the Chaos Rising uh, Warhammer Fantasy Battles fan film. Guys, welcome to the show. Hello, thanks for having us. 
Hey, yeah, thanks for having us on. Oh, pleasure. Glad you guys could uh, free up some time. I'm sure you've been very busy with the uh, the production. Yeah, it's been chaotic, but, but... <laughs> it's in it's in the title, isn't it? That's it. Now, before we have a chat about the film, let's get to know both of you guys as hobbyists. I take it that as well as being passionate about film and and the production, you also are passionate about the hobby uh, that the the film's based on, I guess, as well, yeah? 100%, yeah, very much so. Fantastic. So I've got some obligatory hobby questions that I have to ask every guest that comes on this show. Yep. That's required by hobby law. Um, so, so the first question is, how did you get involved in the hobby? Maybe we'll start with you, uh, Graham. Um, my granddad bought me a set of the original Bretonian plastic archers long, oh, long time ago. Me and my dad started, pay- started painting them. We did a wee bit of it when I was a kid, and then I stopped for a while, kind of my younger teens, and picked it back up as I got a bit older. What about you, Graham? See. Um, through a friend, really. I remember he had uh, he had some of the old school kind of spiky, dangerous Dark Elder. I thought they're really cool, so um, I went up with my, my mate and bought my first load of Tyranids. I remember uh, I got the it was like the really old version of Old One Eye and painted it. Mm. It was one of the worst worst painting jobs I've ever done, but that's what you do for your first one. Oh yeah, it's always uh, shocking, isn't it? It's <laughs> all about just improving as you go. Yeah, that's it. Just have fun. So speaking of painting and, and gaming, if you had to choose between being a gamer or a painter, where would you classify yourselves? Um, I would definitely definitely say I'm more of a painter. Um, I just really have the time to sit down and get like a full a full battle played out. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas I'm the opposite. I would rather just you know get the get the models out with my mates and get a few games on. Um, if I had the time to paint, I would. I'd love to, but it's it's all a bit manic these days. Brilliant. Yeah, well, it's a bit hard with social distancing and lockdowns and restrictions to get a game in. Yeah. Um, but let that not stand in the way of, of getting your hobby on. Um, so the follow-up question for each of you is, for the gamer, what, what's your favourite game? And um, for the, uh, the painter, what's your favourite colour to paint? <laughs> uh, for painting, probably red. I, I do try to go for other paint schemes, but I always end up end up with something that's red based it's the fastest one i get drawn into red as well it's the fastest paint scheme everyone knows yeah not not the luckiest but it's pretty fast <laughs> it's just a good solid base color and it's easy to highlight i, I find in shade also helps that they do a red spray paint and an easy red shading so yeah most of the the skills taken out we can just add liquid skill that's it no no for days yeah and and as for gaming, what uh, what game uh, would you say is your favourite game to play? Um, are we talking video games or uh, tabletop games? Uh, tabletop, but tabletop. while we're on the subject, what, what are you playing any video games in lockdown? That, oh, yeah. uh... a, a huge amount of Warhammer Total War and uh, Deep Rob Galactic. Love that game these days. Well, Warhammer Total War, it's 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 our jam uh, here in Horsham. It's yeah. the home of Creative Assembly. They're literally right. down the road. Cool. Didn't know that. That's really yeah. cool. Have you ever tried to yeah. break into the building? What was that? Sorry? Have you ever tried to break into the building? Get some secrets. Um, we've, we've thought about it. A friend, of, a friend of mine, another Horsham local, and I have uh, discussed it. But um, <laughs> obviously, we, 
we don't endorse breaking and entering on this show. Oh, so uh, no, no, of course no. not. Of course not. If, they, if they'd like to invite us in, that'd be brilliant. But um, <laughs> maybe maybe once lockdown's finished, we can uh, go and have some drinks with uh, the creative assembly guys at the, the at the black jug down the road from the, from the head office. Great little pub. Um, so uh, I guess the, the only other question about your hobby is what advice would you give to somebody who's interested in getting involved in the hobby? Um, personally, it would be kind of like find an army or, like, or even just a place there that kind of speaks to you. Um, mm-hmm. It's easier to, because, you know, building, painting and fielding an army can take months. So find something that you can be quite passionate about. Like, personally for me, I've tried to do a gun line in the past. Yep. And, uh, I have no interest in that. I get really bored really fast. And I find that I've, I've put a bunch of money into a project that I'm just not going to follow through on. So mm. for me, like something that's pretty fast, very, very aggressive playstyle, and I know that will keep me going for a, a good few months off it and actually finish an army. Uh, that helps that like gun lines are a pain in the ass to play against as well. They're just a bit boring. Oh. You're running your troops forward and then you die. It's such fun. That's it. The way of it. Brilliant. And then I've got a bonus question for you guys, and that's sort of to do with the production as well. What it is to do with the production of, of Chaos Rising is if you guys could explain your individual roles on the production, what, what does that entail? Sure. Well, along with our friend Roy, um, we're both we're co-producing, and uh, that kind of involves pulling everything together, really, um, organizing props production, making sure everything's going to, well, we don't really, well, kind of making sure that everything kind of comes in in time, keeping an eye mm-hmm. on the design of our characters, costumes, weapons, and really making sure like stuff adheres to the lore and the world as much as possible. Because we're, yep. we're both such big fans of Warhammer Fantasy in particular. I mean, we love 40, yeah. we love 40k, but it's it's more about fantasy for us. So we're kind of like again, like along with uh, the other producer Roy, it was very much our project that we came up with at the start and brought this amazing team together to kind of get up and off the ground. We'll field the rough concept for the story, and then our um, much more talented writers will do something with it. Yeah, we can barely spell. Yeah, <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're not the right duo. <laughs> But we can show oh, no. people that are good at it. Yeah. yeah. It's just bringing all those talents together to get this project up and running. That's it. And a lot of that, a lot of, just, a lot of logistics, a lot of quality control, and there's, there's some yep. fun stuff as well. All right. Sounds good. Well, let's, let's dive in and have a chat about Chaos Rising. Sounds good. Um, it, it, it looks absolutely sensational from your um, trailer production video that you've put onto YouTube. Thanks a lot. Um, yeah, it looks it looks absolutely sensational. But let's let's wind back to the start. Whose whose initial idea was it to do a Warhammer Fantasy Battles fan film? Um, and and how did it all start? How did you get the ball rolling on it? Um, well, our our friend and co-producer Roy, uh, another member of the Clan Rental Trust, yeah, mm-hmm. he, he came up with the original concept, and then um, Graham and I went up to the. Duncan Medieval Village is kind of like our base of operations. He um, spent the night there, had a had a shit ton of Guinness, and then uh, <laughs> came out the next day with like a, a rough idea, a rough plan. That's that's uh, an integral part of, part of a creative process. Actually, you got to have the cans. When he when he said the rough plan, it was me that took away the notebook we'd spent the night filling in, and yeah. the pages were in in order. Everything was chucked on a random page, different ways up, different ways down, random out. So it took a while to put it together. Um, the beers, as Gummy says, is 
the most integral part of planning. Yeah, but it's the liquid inspiration. That's it. Liquid magic. It's what you need. Yeah. And chaos. And chaos. <laughs> and then um, from there, uh, you, you mentioned that the production has both uh, professionals and volunteers involved, but with your initial idea, how did you reach out to those professionals to come on board and, and take part in this production? So with this, while there's a lot of professionals involved, we are all doing it voluntary. Um, yeah. With the, the combat team, which is Combat International, they're a branch of the Clan Rano Trust. Um, mm-hmm. We are both members of. They have a huge okay. 25 years of experience on the big screen. Um, we kinda, we took the idea to our our boss. Um, actually, when we were working on a different movie production over in Ireland. They kind of loved it. They'd been thinking of maybe doing some in-house stuff for a while. Um, mm-hmm. But right behind us and just kind of let us run off with it. The other side where we have pulled more professionals in is behind the camera, the technical writing side and everything. Um, yeah. Our kind of co-directors, Jack and Charlie Gummy, went to college with one of them, I believe. Jack, yeah. With Jack. Um, told him about the story over loaning him an axe for a photo shoot. Well, I went to, went to college with uh, Jack and then I lent the axe to Charlie. There's axes here and there, but yeah. Someone someone got an axe shown at them and they decided to come work with us for some reason. Um, they've got quite a lot of experience with the BBC and everything. And again, yep. they heard the story, saw the potential, just absolutely jumped on, on board with it. Um Seems to be, have been quite a lot of right, right place at the right time with our kind of idea. In in that group of, of people that you've reached out to to get involved in the project, were, were many of them hobbyists as well, or was it just people oh. who, like, yeah. how, how, how much knowledge was there of Warhammer Fantasy Battles? Um, um, not so much the game so much, but like the lore and the background amongst those people who have come on board to the project. So through members of the Clan Rental Trust and and Combat National as well, we're all we're all a massive bunch of geeks that yep. sword and uh, fantasy and that stuff. Um, so look, it was an easy sell to a lot of them. Or like we want to make yeah. something that's based in the fantasy universe. They're like, what? What? Didn't need to go many more details. We're <laughs> on board. That was it. Um, so yeah, there was there was a lot of knowledge there. Not so much on the kind of technical um, technical sides of things with the direct. Yeah. However, they have now both started playing Vermintide. They're starting to read mm-hmm. some of the books. I think their girlfriends have started reading some of the books. So we may have, yep. we may have inadvertently thrust them into the world of, yeah. of uh, tabletop yeah. gaming. They don't know it yet, necessarily. You know, yeah. But, yeah, they're starting to learn some of the characters, starting to reference it at times. So uh, they, they don't know, but they've lost already. That's it. My, my girlfriend yeah. says that she now knows more than she's ever wanted to know about <laughs> Yeah. She is, she is she regretting that decision or <laughs> <laughs> potentially now because she's been doing a lot of work for the, the project. She's an absolute trooper. She's been designing um, most of our merch and um, doing uh, almost all of our, our admin and stuff like that as well. So she's been, she's been an absolute hero. But um, wow. she might be regretting it. You know, we're going to get a lot busier as the days go on. So, well, I'm, I'm sure her efforts are, uh, have not gone unnoticed. But yeah, back onto the the cast and crew. Uh, as you mentioned in that production video slash trailer that you've released on on YouTube, um, it is uh, made up of both the the professionals and the volunteers. Yeah. What what is roughly the ratio there? Um, and and you did sort of touch upon the experience that you've got. 
people who uh, are working on feature films and television productions, um, both locally and internationally. But what um, what experiences are they bringing from those productions to Chaos Rising? All right. So um, Graham and myself and um, most of Combat International at, at large, uh, we've worked on television productions all the way from, well, we're in Ireland last year and we've been, mm-hmm. in, been in Norway. We did a live show in Sweden last, about two years ago, in front of about 16,000 people, which was yeah. madness. Um, so there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of professional talent within the Clan Reynolds Trust as well. We have uh, we have costumers that worked on many productions with us as well. Um, set designers, which I mentioned, you know, there's a, a huge pool of experience and knowledge, and they we class those all as volunteers as well because we're all we're all volunteers in this. So this, mm. I feel like uh, the number of volunteers that are um, that are just kind of mucking in and don't really have much. Yeah. There's only maybe about twenty percent. Okay. I think everything else, everyone else has a, a, a fair bit of knowledge going in. So we're really lucky to have that. Yeah. Uh, it sounds, um, I guess, I, well, really, you can see it in, in what you've released so far, just how much passion and uh, enthusiasm there is uh, in the production. So um, the fact that you've got professionals who um, right now are, are really struggling because of what's happening in the world obviously um, film and television productions are being shut down or having to work with limited crews so the fact that they're able to come along and still lend their their talents and their experience I think just speaks volumes for those involved in the production so yeah yeah and speaking of um, obviously the, the world we live in and the challenges that we do face with the, the pandemic, what other challenges have you faced uh, on Chaos Rising and, and how have you overcome them? Um, so, of course, with uh, regard to the COVID pandemic, everything's had to be you know, in keeping with government guidelines and regulations. So, um, and when we were filming the, the trailer, everybody quarantined for two weeks beforehand because we weren't aware what we are going to be, have to be doing. Of course. Um, we were checking temperatures before people came on um, site and everything. We did everything possible to, to adhere to the current gov- government guidelines going into it. Yeah. And that's really been the biggest one so far. Yeah. We luckily, we have a really hands-on team and um, we're always working to keep the, kind of, the quality of the production and the, the kind of pressure on with regard to getting updates and uh, extra promos out there too. So that, that in itself has been a challenge. I remember the... Uh, when we first launched the campaign on the two weeks ago, not even, not even a week ago, um, and we thought, oh well, maybe we'll, maybe we'll, maybe we'll make it. We maybe we'll, we'll make the thirteen thousand pounds, and then it's just been absolutely insane since then, which is amazing. You no, know? we can't really complain. It's just can't complain at all. But we weren't, we almost, well, we aren't, we aren't at all ready for the success of the Kickstarter. So it's been a scramble to catch up. Stay, um, stay above it all with that. And yeah. The only other real challenge we had was we filmed that trailer in December in Scotland. Oh, that would have been cold. We had some of the Chaos guys volunteer to, you know, taps off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, it was just a little bit, a little bit chilly. Um, yeah, we filmed it all in all in one night, of course, in one wow. night. And it went down to down to minus four around about the two. Ooh. Yeah, we're there to about risk. Four, we're there to about four in the morning. We got there like. Eight or so in the morning before, so mm. it was, it was um, just a chilly day. It was as soon as the cameras were rolling. It was everybody with jackets on and round a campfire, round a brazier, 
Yeah. Uh, it was heavy going, but we've had stuff like that before. So the other boys and girls are well seasoned. Yeah. Well, you'd, you'd have to be to film in uh, work in the film industry in Scotland. Yeah. <laughs> We're just glad it wasn't water. There's no water. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yet, yeah. maybe. <laughs> the, the Bretonians might have built a moat around. <laughs> <laughs> a secret moat. This is going to be a real surprise for everyone, even us. It it very well could happen. Um, Speaking of of Bretonians and Chaos, I'm sure this is a question you must get from um, the fans and and people who are are in touch with the production, is why those two factions? Well, first off, we we do love both um, factions. Bretonia never really gets enough limelight. They're also predominantly human, which is much, from just a filming point of view, is much easier to kind of pull off. Um, and there's a, a pretty logistical one in that all yeah. you see in the trailer is things that the Clan Ranel Trust own. Um, quite often when we work on larger film productions, mm. we get away with us at the end, um, gifted to us or sold at a very, very reasonable price, a lot of the costume. So, for example, mm. the gambesons you see the Bretonians wearing are off yeah. of Robin Hood oh. um, from years ago. So, like, all the costumes... The, the Ridley Scott production? Or? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cool. Oh, wow. All the costume that we're wearing in that is stuff that the clan already own. Um, so just purely purely for ease of that, that that was, was a factor in it. But as they were all... A lot of the clan are big fans of either Bretonia or Chaos. So they tend to be the kind of two that people lean towards when you're in fantasy. Um, yeah, it made sense for a range of reasons. I think a lot of the chaos costume was a um, repurposed costume from King Arthur, the one with Clive Owen and Kira Knightley. Oh yeah. Most of the, most of the costume uh, weapons, equipment, etc., that Clan Royal Trust has access to is all. Well, most of it's been used in production throughout the years, so it's it's all kind of well loved, and it looks the part. Looks really good for it. It's it's all been uh, broken in. Yep. Yeah, ready to ready to use. But um, with with those two factions, it kind of reminded me of um, the uh, um, Knights of Bretonia novels. Yeah, yeah. I, I have read them yeah. years ago. They're actually currently with the director. Um, so yeah. Get a little bit more of a flavour of Bretonians. But yeah, they're really good books. They're fantastic. Um, it's something I was meaning to reread, but I, well, a month or so ago I decided to set myself back on um, Gortrek and Felix. Wow, <laughs> another amazing Bretonians again. Yeah, but yeah, no, they're yeah. they are very good books. We are um, pulling a lot of different novels, trying to get as many people as possible to read different things, even if they pull a character from it that they think could be a nice thing on our end. Really, like, mm. uh, old novel, Blood for the Blood God. That's been quite a heavy influence. Um, yeah, the, the champions of chaos on the bus. We've got oh, lots of different codexes up and down the the probably, line as well. Probably especially. Blood for the Blood God, um, because it, if for anyone's not read it, it does get kind of give you insight to different tribes, mm. um, and the, the Chaos Marauders are no longer just evil. You start to see them as different people with their own traditions and things, which is something we would kind of like to add in to our Chaos, yeah. not just have blood mad berserkers, but actually kind of make them into characters. So what we will see is different sort of marauder tribes. Standing um, together to to take on the Bretonians is not not necessarily not to give anything away. Okay, um, I've, I've asked too much. Definitely, we will flesh them as people. 
Yeah. Because um, quite often with bad guys, it's easy to just get they're bad because they're bad. Yeah, mm. so one-dimensional. Yeah, so we'd like to add, a, we're using all these different books to try and pull together ideas to add a bit of depth to the chaos side as well. And I think it's also um, one of those sort of uh, uh, things you, you mentioned before that uh, you've got professional stunt workers on on set. Um, obviously, the the Bretonians and the the chaos would have very different fighting styles. Um, <laughs> coming from, you know, their tribal backgrounds in the Chaos Wastes and the Bretonians having been uh, trained up by, you know, master at arms in, in castles. Uh, will we get to see that on on screen? Definitely, yeah. Um, yeah. The, way that, the way that Combat International works is that we'll get the, we'll get the brief for like a particular film and then mm -hmm. we'll, we'll train for months so we can fight uh, in the most accurate style possible for that particular role. So we'll Okay. Historical manuscripts with fair. Say you're fighting as a peasant, you wanna you wanna look like you're fighting as a peasant. Yeah. You're not gonna be very confident with a weapon. If you're like a, fighting as some kind of mad tribal, you have to be able to portray that on camera. So that's 100 percent something that's gonna gonna be shown. Like our guys have or we have worked on every, kind of every um, historical period from Roman Pictish right through a lot of medieval Viking and into the Euro kind of Jacobean era as well. Mm. Again, learn, learning how to fight in those different styles and reflect that. So, yeah, we all have our very distinct fight styles between the, the different factions. Brilliant. Yeah, it's going to be kick-ass. It's kick-ass, yeah. It, it definitely looks like that from the, uh, from the trailer. You did touch upon that um, you've drawn from uh, numerous Warhammer Fantasy Battle novels and, and the army books as well. Is there any other resource materials that you've used that are, are on set? for people to check out or yeah, um, uh, even better, is there any, any models, any, any gaming yeah, tables set up? Yeah, there's a lot, a lot of them. Obviously, we even just looking at the different wiki pages, we put together a very rough brief of the different factions for our guys that don't know much about. Yeah. Um, so everybody's including. Yeah, so everyone gets a rough idea of it. So there is there is a lot of resources. And even just the fact that most of us involved have played, kind of played or been involved in the Warhammer world for a minimum of probably 10 years each yeah. if not longer so like without even reading we already have quite a lot of knowledge and then yeah a lot of books on top of that yeah. so my mate don has promised me a loan of the tamarkan book so don if you're listening to this stop dragging your heels i want that Ooh, book better yeah. get it over to COVID me. Uh, you, you also touched upon just briefly about the, the campaign that you're running to uh get that that funding in to get the production um continuing um i guess what's what funding is needed and and what is that money going to be put towards and and you did touch upon briefly the response that you've been getting um could you go into a bit more details to what what kind of response i, I know it's positive but have there been some examples that have really stood out like, from um, the community the word i would use is unprecedented guys? like none of us expected us to kind of blow up like it did um so we've been incredibly fortunate yeah. like that um what's what's been really great is uh we've had a lot of uh kind of like youtube channels um that have done like reaction videos have kind of reviewed the video and really helped us get the word out of that so really helpful with, with regard to that and um even just the reaction from the community alone just on the, like the youtube comments stuff like that 
people asking about the factions, people asking like you know, what's going to be included and yeah, stuff like that that we like to see because then we get an idea of what the fans want to see and what we can include and what we want to go on from there. So it's really helpful. Have, have, you, have you integrated any of those uh, fan suggestions from the we community? We definitely have, but we, we can't say anything yet. We can't say what... It's all right, mum's the word. It's fine. <laughs> um, but but to touch back on that funding, what's what what is the goal and, and what will those those funds be put towards? Yeah, um, you know, we've, we've recently updated the Kickstarter campaign to our our, our latest and largest um, funding bracket, which is twenty three thousand pounds. And um, for that, we're, okay. we get to include a lot of the the more kind of action heavy scenes that we had to cut from the original concept because of the, the budget was to make that much money. So now we can course, we can make yeah. these, these bigger scenes. We can we can hire like a movie quality equipment. There's Jack and Charlie have their eyes on this absolute rocket launcher of a camera. Uh, it's going to provide like movie Ooh. quality. And then um, something that we've experienced in the industry as well is um, whenever you're filming at night or in like in a moody atmosphere, you need a, you need what's called a moon rig. And it's this, it's this huge light inside what looks like a, a floating tarpaulin. And you, you hoist okay. that way above the film set, way above the battlefield. And um, that essentially yep. um, creates this, this huge, soft moon glow. It's called like a moon rig. Um, so that's, that's definitely right. up there on our shopping list. We really need it. And you'll, you'll need two of them because the old world... We can't, we can't miss the chaos moon. The, uh, no, you need... More celeb. Yeah, I was thinking more celeb. I was hoping you had me on another one. Um, there, is, there is other parts of the budget. Um, there's even just part of it is making sure our guys on or our people on set sorry, are, are well looked after. So while everyone involved in this is a volunteer, when they're on set, we will provide lunch. We also need to make sure you know there's toilet. Um, that takes up a, a yep. part of the budget, and the final, well, not the final, but another really large part of it is costume. There has been people um, that pointed out in the comments, quite rightly, that our chaos costume isn't quite correct. Um, as we touched on earlier, a lot the, all the costume we used there was things that we had already owned because um, we didn't have any budget for the mm. trailer. So a lot of the money from that we're raising is going into getting proper costumes um, made up that will do um, that will look right by the lore. So that's that's happening at the yep. moment. We're getting a lot of things made up that look really cool. Oh, yeah, it's um, really great. There's uh, like based on um, old school old school artwork from like codexes and certain novels. Uh, we're basing some of costumes off of them. They're they're going to look amazing. Folk are going to love it. A lot of the I don't know if this takes away from it, but a lot of the uh, costuming, particularly on the Bretonian side, is quite reminiscent. I've got some friends back home in my home country of Australia who actually represent Australia in medieval combat, you know, the, yeah, yeah. the, the sport where they meet up and hit each other with um, like blunted swords, but all the armor and, and everything, cause they're trying to go yeah. for authenticity. Um, is there, is there some correla correlations there? Uh, have you got some people who um, partake well, in that sport? We know the, the Scottish team. Um, I almost got involved okay. when I was a little bit younger, but the price was a little bit outside my brain. Oh yeah, it's it's a very expensive yeah. hobby to yeah. get into, and and we we play yeah, we still think so. that's a bad thing. <laughs> so we don't have that, but we do have um, really Roy, the other producer, isn't here. He is a jouster. 
not in the trailer. Okay. Um, because he was away with work at the time, but he is a jouster. Um, yeah. Our guys okay. with our costume have been hired to do reenactments and things over the years. So the costume itself that we have is um authentic. The suit of armor you see in the trailer, um, that's mine. I just yeah. wanted a suit of armor. Uh, so again, that is is made of a high enough gauge steel that you could take it into that kind of contest. Yeah, that that suit Thank of armor you. looks really cool. <laughs> We, yeah, uh, we all we all take hits as well. Like it's it's not really a gentle setting. If um if anybody's like considering getting into the film industry, particularly fight scenes, you have to expect to take a few hits and have to get up and yeah wipe tough the dirt tough stuff and get on with it. Yeah, definitely do. Yeah, particularly in something as action heavy as as yep. Chaos Rising. It's what, it's what our guys do. So yeah, expect to see plenty of it and not as many pulled hits as there should be. <laughs> Somebody always gets twatted. Yeah. In a nice, loving way. <laughs> yeah, it's like sometimes we're on set for long periods of time. Like um, Outlaw King that we filmed for Netflix a few years ago, we were on that about maybe four or five months straight. Yep. Um, well, we're all really good mm. mates. Sometimes if you're spending that much time with people, you know, you get a wee bit narky sometimes. And uh, sometimes maybe you'll take a punch or something. Um, that's not official. <laughs> Actually, the <laughs> other part of the budget, sorry, just reminds me that we didn't touch on. Yes. Going from Outlaw King. Is okay. I hope we have reached that extension. Uh, if anyone's seen Outlaw King, they will see them cutting about on a really nice boat. We have. Yes, I think we see Christopher Pine yep. in, we have in a boat. That boat, at some we, point. we stayed yeah. in contact with him after filming that. So that was our first extension. You stayed in touch with Chris Pine. <laughs> no, no, no. It's a Chris Pine, if you're somehow right. listening, a boat would be nice. But. Um, yeah, we stayed in contact with the company that rented that boat out, so we hired that boat, or we'll be hiring that boat for Chaos Rising as well. Okay. So we're gonna, we should all jump right, jump straight on it and uh, be able to pick up the rules right away, but we'll see. And probably not crash it. Well, we'll see. No, probably best not to crash upset. the boat. Um, uh, it would be, uh, yeah. Even if it wasn't Chris Pine, I'm sure whoever owns the boat. So, well, if you're not going to crash it, make sure the cameras are rolling so we catch that. Yeah, you're going to get that once. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's very true. You you did mention before that there's a jouster on the um on the on the on the list of uh, people involved in the production. So, and you and I know you said you're not going to reveal anything to the fans, but I mean a key part of Bretonia is its mounted knights. Will we be seeing any mounted knights charging in with a like a lance formation um, charge? As, as we're not going to give. Is that, is, We're does not going to away from the, the story, but you won't be disappointed. Yeah. Um, okay. We, uh, that's, that's the thing. That if, of course, it's such an important part of uh, Bretonia. We're, we couldn't possibly leave something yeah. like that out. But, you know. yeah, we're not going to not give any details away, but we couldn't leave that out. So with that in mind, um, what can the fans expect for when it's finally released? What, what can they hope to see? In um, Chaos Rising. Well, the, the film's been made by diehard fans like myself and Graham and Roy. So we get to, because we're, we're somehow getting to make this film, thanks to all the community, um, we get to include all the things that we'd love to see in a Warhammer film. So like brutal fight scenes, mm-hmm. um, really dark, brooding, kind of old world setting. Um, we want costumes that pay homage to the lore. And of course, it's just, metric fuck tons of blood and gore and um the locations uh just looking at it from the trailer they look quite authentic um 
it, that that's a historic location, isn't it? That's that's um, or is it is it a rep, replication of? So what um, you're seeing in the trailer is a place called Doncarran Medieval yeah. Village that has been. It was first thought up by the head of the Clan Ranald Trust for Scotland, a man called Charlie Allen, twenty mm-hmm. odd years ago, um, and that has been funded and built completely by the volunteers of the Clan Ranald Trust. Um, Combat International is a is a branch of that, and when they're working in movies, a portion of what okay. we make on those movies goes towards making that location. Um, right. Yeah, it's a it's a replica, but it has been time in the making all okay. done by volunteers we have full access to that um which is a really cool setting if anyone's ever up in scotland in the kind of central belt area i hi- highly recommend checking it out um, yeah definitely want to go up there and check it out yeah, if, you, if you have scotland. a look at the the duncaran or clan Ronald trust facebook page page um you, you will keep abreast of any events that are going on there yeah. we do a lot of live shows entertainment shows there's a there's always something going on there because it's it's kind of a community fed development there's always something kind of getting built. There's always progress being made. So it's like a, an ongoing kind of organic project. Awesome. And is, is there anything in particular about the production that really stands out for, for each of you um, that's been your favorite part on working on Chaos Rising? Um, I mean, I think I'm probably going to be stealing Gummy's answer here, but a big part is really the response we've got. Um, I didn't expect it didn't expect people to get behind our project so much even even before we got to releasing the kickstarter even the response from our guys in-house getting behind our kind of as we said right at the start our, our, most of this planning was done after many many beers and um, so for something that went from a bit of a, a drunken idea to actually getting into production and then the community getting behind it just so strongly is it's been amazing really really humbling yeah yeah, we're beginning to feel the pressure now because people, people like they really, really want this. So we have to make it as as good as you know, as good as we possibly can, as good as we want it to be. And as much as there's that pressure, we we know we can do it. Yeah, and we're excited to show people like well, one, reward their faith in us, and two, show them just what just what we have in mind. Buy a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> well, we definitely can see that vision coming through on the trailer and and all the material that's being released. Um, by the production on your social media. Um, but I guess at this point would be the best junction to ask you guys, what's the best way that people can find out more information about Chaos Rising and, and stay in touch with yep. the production? Um, best way is definitely to follow us on our social media pages. So we've got Chaos Rising on Facebook. We've got Instagram. Um, we've, got, we've also got our, our official website, which is chaosrisingofficial.com. Um, and that's going to be kind of like a, an ongoing uh, web page too. So as the as the project develops, we'll be adding to the page. Um, so you'll you'll okay. find the the factions are more fully fleshed out. We'll have character bios, things like that, weaponry. Um, and it'll it'll become like quite a large quite a large thing. And that's all being designed from the ground up by my amazing girlfriend Emma. Thanks, Emma. Uh, so yeah, we've got that. We've also got Reddit. Um, we're we're toying with the idea of getting a Twitter. Uh, we might go down that line further on. And we also have our YouTube Fair enough. channel. Um, there will be other yep. bits and bobs released on that prior to the actual film itself. So there is going to be more content coming out there as well, just to add a little bit more to to the story and the, the journey. Yep. Brilliant. Well, guys, it has been an absolute pleasure having a chat to you about 
Chaos Rising, it, it looks absolutely sensational. I just can't wait to see the final product. Uh, I think it's going to be absolutely brilliant. Um, so thanks once again for coming on the show. And I just want to wish both you and everybody else involved in the production all the best. Uh, and keep up the fantastic work. It's, it's looking thank you very so much. Thanks amazing. For us. Yeah, thank you very much for having us on. It's, it's been great. And that was Graham and Graham, the two co-producers from Chaos Rising, a Warhammer Fantasy Battles fan film. If you want to find out more about the production, I've posted links in the episode description to their social media and website. Definitely worth getting on board and having a look for yourselves. But that's all I have for you on this episode of Brushing Up. Thanks for joining us. I hope you've enjoyed it. And until next time, keep on hobbying. You've been listening to Brushing Up, a miniature painting and tabletop gaming podcast. If you have enjoyed the show, why not follow us on Facebook? Facebook.com forward slash quartermaster miniature building painting. And on Instagram, Instagram.com forward slash Quartermaster Studios. To find out more about Quartermaster Studios commission painting services, please visit QuartermasterStudios.com. Brushing Up is a Quartermaster Studios production with music supplied by BenSound.com.